0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Today's message is going to kind of uh, zero in on some lifestyle issues. These are questions, but questions, by the way, that I didn't ask. So let's just get that straight. I didn't come up with these. These are questions that you asked. Okay. So one of the questions, um, if you remember, I I might have even read one of them, is uh, how can I expect to live a moral and ethical life in this culture that we live in? I mean, the world's crazy. If I'm going to get ahead, I can't expect to live those kind of convictions. Uh, One of the questions was can a Christian smoke marijuana? That was a question. Can a Christian just smoke? Can a Christian? These are all Christian-related. Can a Christian go to an R-rated movie? Can a Christian drink alcohol? So when it comes to you know behavior, lifestyle, because sometimes you know sometimes not not this church, of course, other churches, um, you know you can get a little judgmental, and you can look at their hmm. <laughs> Call yourself a Christian. <laughs> And, you know, and, and then all of a sudden we're like, I think you need to be acting this way, or I think you should be ha- behaving this way, and they're very quick, those people usually are very quick that, to respond, have you not read 1 Corinthians 6, 12, written by the Apostle Paul himself, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, all things are permissible. And, he, and then you're like, oh, really, he said that? Anything can go, it's all permissible? So maybe, you know, for you, you may say, see, Mom and Dad, I'm just living out what the Bible says. It's all permissible. And you don't want to argue with the Apostle Paul. (laughs) I I mean, he's the greatest Christian to ever live. Dad, you wouldn't disagree with him, would you? So it does say that in 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are permissible. Everything's permissible. But it doesn't end there. Yeah, let's continue to read the verse. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Sounds like Paul is saying there are some things that are beneficial that are not beneficial because they have the capability maybe of mastering him. And so how do I determine how to, uh, what's beneficial in my life? Well, the first thing I think I need to realize, that we need to realize, is that the decisions that we make, the reality is they do affect other people around us, right? Now, I know it's very easy to say, well, it's my decision. It's my life. It's my business. So it doesn't really matter. But the truth is, everything that we do affects the people around us that we know. Like, we can't be so naive to think that the decisions that we make don't affect those around us. True. It's true. It's your business. It's your life. It's your decision. But you need to always know it does affect the people that are around you. And in Ephesians five, fifteen to 17, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So what's the Lord's will? That we would not be unwise, that we would be wise, and that we take every opportunity, make the most of every opportunity that is handed to us. So the question is not what can I do, what should I do, is, the question is what's the wise thing to do? Not, not, not asking what's the wise thing for Mr. and Mrs. down the street, not the wise thing for your neighbor, not the wise thing for your buddy on the hockey team. No, Donald, what's the wisest thing for you? Let's talk about smoking. Someone said, can a Christian smoke? Well, what do you do? You go and say, what does the Bible say? Oh, my goodness, didn't find a thing about it. Never saw a thing about it. Then somebody will say, oh, yes, there is, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Remember, it says, don't contaminate the temple. Our bodies are the temple. Well, in context, that's really talking about sexual things, but let's just say that was the litmus test. Then that really has to be applied to everything, doesn't it? what you put in your bodies, like the food. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers, um, was a pastor of a megachurch before that term ever was ever invented back in the 1800s in in London. And uh, he invited an American to come speak to his church in London, England. And this American preacher came and he was actually preaching really hard against smoking. Now, everyone in the congregation knew Charles Spurgeon loved his cigars. And so this pastor preaches a long sermon about, you know, bad, bad smoking. And then Charles Spurgeon got up behind his pulpit and he says, I smoke a cigar to the glory of God right after it. You know, and there's big uh, debates. D.L. Moody, another great evangelist of his time, him and Charles Spurgeon had this big argument about that. But you realize, right, I mean, people have some different opinions uh, on that. And so, you know, you seek some advice and wildly, and you have people who say this, people who say that. So, then we do, you got to ask the question, well, what's the wise thing for me? What's the wise thing for me to do in light of all that? So, you know, you may say, it really is affecting my health, so maybe I should, you know, give it up. It's actually impacting my ability even at work. So maybe I, I should give it a, I think that's what it comes down to. What's the wise thing for me? One of the questions that was asked is how far is too far? We're talking about some sexual things. Like, how far can I go and God's still so pleased with it all? How close can I get? And still be okay. Well, that's why I say. We'll see what the Bible says. Ask some godly people around you. And then ask yourself, what's the best decision for me? So one of the questions that was asked, was in, it was generic, actually, and I think maybe it was an older generation that asked of this question because it doesn't seem to be a, a, a current generation issue. But one of the questions was, Is it okay for Christians to go to R-rated movies? That was the question, right? Can we go to R-rated movies? For me, I said, I am not going to go to R-rated movies. That was the thing. Um, Although I know sometimes PG can be kind of challenging too. But I just said, here's the line in the sand. Okay? That's where I'm not going to cross. I'm not going to go to an R-rated movie. But guess what happened? there was an R-rated movie that came to town and I wanted to see it called The Passion of the Christ. I think a lot of us seen that. But I remember thinking, well, but that's my line in the sand. I don't go to R-rated movies. And I had some people come back, don't you, gotta see it, it will change your life, you'll be so gripped, it's such a powerful movie. Just know what Jesus did for you, you are gonna come out a different person. And so, of course, I went, and it's true, it was a powerful movie, and it really um, it did. It, it impacted my life. But it put me in a dilemma. So I thought, okay, I'm going to apply this. What does the Bible say about this? Well, the Bible didn't say anything about it. So then I, I thought, well, I'll ask some wiser people than me, and there was a the difference of opinion. And I said, what's the wisest thing for me, in light of all that I want to do. What's the why this thing? And, and so I, I went, and, and, I, and I really believe really my, my life was changed by watching that. But here's what I, that I came away with when it comes to movies. When I walk out, like, what is my mind thinking about? Like, what, what is it thinking about? Because here's what I know. What you think about continually, you will do Eventually. So obviously, I've, you know, I've made some, some new lines in the sand. For me, I just go, you know, I, I just don't go to movies that mock God or I don't go to movies that demean women or I don't go to movies where there's a lot of, you know, there's sexual content. That's just, that's for me, I don't do that. That's kind of my line in the sand. In Philippians, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, like whatever's noble and whatever's right Whatever is pure, and whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or if anything is praiseworthy, then think on those things. So I, I mean, I already know I have some problems and stuff that you know, maybe my mind can think about. So I'm I'm trying to be very careful what I allow filters in. In fact, uh, in 2 Corinthians 10:5 it says, "We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ." This next one, I feel tension in the room already and I haven't even said the word. Well, Donald, here's the question. Can I remind, can I just say it again? I didn't ask this question. It came, it came from you. So the question was, you know, can a, can a Christian uh, drink alcohol? Now, of course, depending where you grew up may affect where, you know, your thoughts on that. Depending maybe the denomination that you grew up yeah, it would influence your thoughts on that. The values maybe that you, your family had might impact you. Um, I mean, I'll just be totally upfront. Like I, we just never had it in my household and, or my grandparents, my great-grandparents. So you know, we just, never, I, I actually, I'm, I've never actually tasted alcohol in my life. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. It was just a choice that our family had made. I realize that emotions, though, do run, run deep on this subject. And I also realize that some of you grew up in a home where alcohol was abused. And so you have some strong opinions. And, and you've seen kind of the dark side. I've seen it in my own family, actually. I, I've had some relatives who, who really struggle with that. And you're right. It, ooh, it, it can be hard in a marriage. It can be hard in kids. So I I don't speak lightly about it. I, I realize emotions do run deep. But the question is, what does the Bible say? That's the first question we're asking. What does the Bible say? Again, I grew up in a church that said, you know, you cannot drink, you cannot drink, you cannot drink. So when I was a little older, I remember thinking, I want to find that verse. Where is that? And where's the verse that says that? And I couldn't find it. So I thought, oh, it must be in a concordance somewhere. So I remember going through the concordance, and I was like, ah, I can't seem to find this verse anywhere. I found a lot of verses, though, that talked about being drunk. It seemed very clear that that was was sin, um, to be drunk. But I couldn't find the verse that said, no, no, you can't. And again, I... I know that there are godly people right here that have a view of that. I also know there are sort of godly men and women who have a view over here. And they're different, right? They've studied the issue, they look at it, and they go, and, and so, you know, it becomes for some a, a non-issue. We can agree to disagree. So here's how I look at it. I make decisions in my life for me. Okay, can I say this is for me? apart from what the Bible says, if the Bible doesn't speak about it, people, godly people are divided on it. I actually like to build a fence. This is me, okay? And I, and I put a fence around my life. I try to use that to protect me. Here's, what the, here's where it becomes a problem. When I say my fence has to be overprotecting you too. When I say you have to have the same fence I do, it's called legalism. And the Pharisees lived that way. So that's why when you're making decisions and it says what's the wise thing for you, you may have your own fence that protects your life. You you know maybe some of your weak spots, maybe where you struggle. So you put these guardrails up, and that's great. I have them for my life. But as soon as I think that you need to have the same fence as me, I feel like I crossed the line. Something changed, and I I think it it crosses over to a little bit of of legalism. There are people, obviously right here in our own congregation, that have strong opinions about it, and that's fine. That's great. You have strong thoughts, and you're passionate about it. You're on different sides of the issue. And some of you on the side, you've seen maybe the, the real bad side. You've seen the heartache of it all. And it can be abused, you're right, it can be. So the question would be, because something gets abused, does that mean we banned everything? Um, people ban- abuse words all the time. Pfft. Some of the words that come out of people's mouth are like, wow. Do we ban words? You know, uh, there's people that abuse the internet, scammers all the time, stuff that's available to you to pique your interest, but because the abuse, that I means, okay, that's it, no more. You know, that could be said about television or food, but do we ban it all? I do know that there are some people here that drink too much. That's true. And it's having a powerful impact on your family. And you can see things are, are just hanging on by a thread. And you're probably angry at me for saying that. But if you couldn't give up, say, alcohol for 30 days, you probably have a problem. Not saying you have to, but that you could never do that. Because some people say, I don't have a problem. I um, had somebody right here in our own congregation two weeks ago. Kind of went in their pocket and pulled out that sobriety stone, you know, that you get at AA. And I said, nine months, man. For nine months. I've kept clean for nine months. I had um, someone, I don't know, maybe I, I'm going to guess. It was two or three months ago. Who showed me they're three months. Three months, man. Three months. I had someone sit right here, center section, after s- service about six months ago. Tears in his eyes. He said, I've got to do something. He said, I've, I've made a decision. I, it wasn't about anybody else, I I can't have any more alcohol because I'm going to lose my family. He said, I'm I'm going clean, going sober. I was maybe a little naive. I said, in my mind, I was like, so how long have you gone? I've gone 16 hours. But I know it's wrecking my family. I know I'm going to lose my marriage if I don't get control of this. So for some, it is a problem. Now, I don't want anyone to ever go away leaving here saying, well, look McDonald said. I hey, go and drink and club all night and all the weekends. Everything's permissible. It's all good. No, you are not listening to the right message. I'm just saying, when you're facing decisions, ask yourself, what does the Bible say? And it's possible the Bible may not even say anything about it. So then you ask yourself, well, what would wiser, godlier people say in this situation? And it's possible you could get a, a divided opinion. So really it comes down to asking yourself, okay, what's the wisest thing for me? In light of my past experiences, knowing where I am currently and knowing all the future hopes and dreams that I have, what's the wisest thing to do? for me not for the guy across the pew not for your neighbor we're just talking for you when i was a teenager i heard a message on psalm 139 i still can remember it i still remember the title the preacher got up and said this is the greatest chapter on the greatness of god and as a teenager i memorized a couple verses out of that chapter from Psalm 39. This is the verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, search me, test me, know me, And if there's anything that is not sold out to you, would you expose it? If there's something in me that is offensive, would you just bring it to light? Uh, To me? So here we are. 2020. The truth is, as a church, we have some essentials that we are not going to let go. But well, there's a lot of issues that we hold in our hand over here that are non-essentials. And the fact is, we have difference of opinions. And spiritual maturity says you and I can have a discussion about it and disagree and walk away as friends and still love and respect one another. That's Christian maturity. So I'm very thankful this morning. That for us as a church, there can be so much diversity in our congregation. But in the midst of all the diversity, we get to have unity together as we keep moving forward to connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Let's pray. Oh Lord, I, um, I thank you for these moments in time. It's possible, I guess, that Maybe some of the things that we talked about might make some people feel a little uncomfortable, but that certainly is not the purpose. The purpose is God, we just want to, I I believe each person here really want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And so, Lord, in 2020, we're going to be faced with a lot of decisions in our life. A lot. And so, Lord, I pray maybe these few things that we share today would just be helpful in making those decisions because we know our decisions affect everyone around us. And we want to be men and women of the word. We want to be one who known to search the scriptures. And so, Lord, help us to know God's word, what it has to say. Help us understand that our decisions affect everyone around us So, Lord, our prayer is that you would search me. Lord, I can't be worried about everyone. I, I, the prayer is search me, oh God. Test me, O oh God. Know me, O oh God. And if there be some ways in me that are not sold out, that maybe are offensive to you, God, would you bring that to light? Pray that for me first. I, i got to make wise decisions for my life, just like everyone here has to make decisions for their life. And so, God, we invite you to be a part of our decision-making process. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9:15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.